Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. Though, then now what? Um, what I love about the Lord is nothing is a surprise to you. Nothing at all. And uh, so we're rolling out some great things in January. Typically, we have a belief system in these here parts after all these years. The way the year starts usually determines how it's going to go for us. So the years that we have started out in intense warfare in January, we just hunker down. And the years that we kick off with a a celebratory bang, those are the years. And so this year has already kicked off, hallelujah, with a celebratory bang. If you're watching uh, on Facebook or if you are on Facebook after this broadcast, you can go back through and look at Dr. Price's pictures from our New Year's Eve service. We had, wow, did we have a time? We had a time. And if you weren't with us, then you should have been watching. All right? And if you missed it, you can go back and watch it. The prophet spoke. The apostle legislated. And then we ate. After communion with the Lord. <laughs> and it was, it was uh, really um, intense. It was, these are intense times. And it was great. I mean, we had a great time. But you could tell that the times have shifted. And we said all year, all last year, you know, the, the way it was is no more. And, and, and there's no such thing as normal, going back to what normal, we have a new normal. And that's the God, too. I mean, we, we like to go back and try and find that soft comfort zone, that homeostasis in Jesus where, you know, things are just flowers and bubbles and prophecy about great things that are going to happen to you. Um, but you know, some things have shifted. Anybody notice the shift? Oh, yeah. And so we're kicking off with the bank starting this Saturday. Dr. Price is going to be broadcasting on the Gospel America Network. They picked up season one of Taking It On with Paula Price. Yes, you know, is like, yes, Gospel America Network is on Roku. It's you know, and anymore, it's anywhere you can find television. She will be broadcasting Saturdays at 6.30 p.m. That's good TV time. That's good TV time for the Saints. So there weren't any really good slots on Sunday. And so we rolled to Saturday to see where can we get it. When people start picking up the remote to see what's God saying on a Saturday night. So 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, Season 1 of Taking It On with Paul Price. And, and, we're starting with that. We're rolling out the Charisma Podcast Network next Wednesday, January 13th, you will be able to hear and find Dr. Price everywhere where podcasts are. (laughs) Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, Charisma's website, the Charisma Plus app. If you don't have the Charisma Plus app, I suggest you go to your 
Apple or your Apple, well, if you have an Apple, your uh, Play Store, here's Google, you know, whatever you have to get your apps, your App Store, and you can download Google Plus and sign up for that. YouTube, Amazon, she will be everywhere. So it's going to be podcasts. They're going to be relatively short, maybe 20 minutes long, and kind of sing three times a week, or we're going to work our way up to five times a week, and you'll be able to hear some things maybe you've heard before, other things we're, we're going to reach. You know, I have files, guys, files, and years of audio that you've never heard. Yes, it will sound like she just said it last week. Uh, because it's relevant, it's timeless. When you are really speaking in God's season versus man's season, you won't miss. Which is why when you go back and people are still pulling forward so-and-so's prophecy, and did you, they, they prophesied this and they prophesied that, and I can't even believe. And so Dr. Price is in that number. She prophesied things when I met her in 2000, 2002, 2003, when we started Let's Just Talk, and they're rolling out. The, the fullness of a lot of these words are rolling out, but the evidence of those prophecies have been happening all along. And many times, we look for just the fullness of a word before we can say it's actually happened or happened. And we're not seeing, oh, no, that's a sign of the times. That's a, a sign of what God is doing and not just the full manifestation of the end result of a prophecy which is why you need teaching, you need training, you need to know the Word of God, uh, and, and really be able to hear from Him and not be moved by what you see and not allow what you see to govern you prophetically or else it's not prophetic. What do you say? It's just reporting. Report. We have a lot of reporters out there in the kingdom wearing the prophet's title. You're reporting. People rolling out their prophetic words like two months after everybody else has prophesied. <laughs> And I'm not saying God isn't speaking two months after January. My point is, when I see people who habitually wait until everybody else has prophesied to get a gauge on what everybody else has said before they give a summary, a prophetic summary, that's different than an actual prophetic utterance or download. And you have to learn to listen when somebody is summarizing what other people have said prophetically versus actually rolling it out. Now, there should be continuity. I mean, the Lord has spoken to Campbell Prophesy, but there's different levels of complexity prophetically. There should be. And, and so it gets very interesting this time of year, doesn't it? If you're a prophet, if you're an apostle, it gets very interesting out there. Social media land has been very quiet prophetically because everybody's messed up. They're messed up from last year because it didn't play out the way chocolate and roses, the way they thought, perfume and bubble baths. And so that, that messed everybody up. When you go back and look at all the amazing, wonderful, awesome, blessing things that were prophesied and so many people missed last year, now, that doesn't mean you weren't blessed. We were blessed. A lot of people were blessed in the midst of the storm. So this doesn't make those words wrong. And we're like, oh, you missed it because you said all these great things were going to happen. Great things did happen. Even all of this is still greatly unveiling and unearthing and unmasking oh, yeah. evil and wickedness that has just been under the veneer of we don't even know what. And so to God, it's all great. Isn't that wonderful? Economy plus, isn't that great? It's wonderful. We can see, oh my goodness, you have the deep state, the dark state, the understate, the underbelly. We don't even know what's happening. Right. Isn't it great? All dark and coming to light? Yes. To God, to him, it's like, this is all wonderful. Get with my plan. 
and give us my program, and you'll celebrate with me. We have been so conditioned to believe that unless it's all just don't worry, be happy, then it's not God or something is wrong. But when I read my Bible, you know, the same thing. When I read my Bible, my Bible says that but my word says what the Lord says, then you have to understand that. So I'm so excited about the podcast, about charisma. What an amazing, amazing, amazing opportunity and invitation from them for Dr. Price to join the Charisma Podcast Network family and to really uh, be featured to get this word out there on a global platform like Global Reach, Global Outlets, in places that you can only go when invited. And so I appreciate God's day. Now we know that some things are invitation only. Most big breakthrough doors are by invitation only. We've taken the anomaly of random discovery, and we want to make that the rule. I just can't wait to have all my 15 minutes of fame to turn into a whole career. That's rare. And that's really with people who have the soul to make that happen and to keep it happening versus the ones who you are just a one-hit wonder. You had that one hit, and we wonder where you went. <laughs> and we put people up in the kingdom all the time on a one-hit wonder. They laid down an amazing prophecy, so we're going to give them a whole ministry. They, they said an amazing song, so we're going to sign them with a contract for like 10 years. And then it, by the time you realize that's all they had was that one thing, it's typically too late. So all you have is that one song. We see this out in the world where you have a, a famous person will play, let's just say, a relatively unknown or lesser known person's song, and it becomes huge overnight because that big name promoted it. But when you go back and look a year or two or three years later, did that undiscovered person have what it took to actually take that somewhere? Or was it just that one moment in time? And we want, with God, we want to just be discovered. Just discover me. I just want somebody to discover me. We want to go viral. We want a message to go viral. We want a word to go viral. I remember when God told me years ago, and I've shared this before, that's not how this is going to happen here. Because what I'm building in this organization is more than a message. It's more than a book. It's more than a phrase. It's more than a T-shirt. Because you do. You sit down and you look at so-and-so and this and that, and, and you see the end result, and, man, that message just went around the world, and that's just whatever, and, and let's just send this out here. Let's make it happen so we can replicate what we see. But you don't even know how that happens. As we know, people have friends in my places who make things happen behind the scenes, and it just looks like a million people like that overnight when they did not at all without some serious help and usually financial input from a quiet person in the shadows or people in the shadows. And so uh, he, he said that. He said, I'm not doing that here. So you can just come off of that prayer campaign. I'm like, do we have to come up with that one, Jesus? Okay. What are you saying, Lord? He said, no, no, we're going to build this thing. Brick by brick. I think it's very interesting that we are in the stronghold campaign on Sundays with a brick by brick connection and who uh, who God is and who he has made us to be and, and all of this other stuff. And I'm thinking, yeah, because when he is building you to be a stronghold, strongholds are not built overnight. They're not. They're slow and methodical, systematic, usually takes years or decades to build a stronghold. Now, you can have a big building that's built, 
in a couple of years, depending on how huge it is and how deep they have to go into the ground to see to it that it doesn't fall over. And there's a lesson in that, and foundations all by itself. Uh, but it's different when you're building a stronghold, when you're building an empire. When we're talking about kingdom, I was speaking to somebody yesterday about kingdom and king and, and how uh, because we don't separate the difference between a king and a president and a pastor and all these roles, we don't understand what it takes for the Lord to build, establish, protect, preserve, and perpetuate his kingdom. And why when you are in our offices, it takes what? It takes not just the time that it takes, but the process that it takes to build you to be great. Not just great to have massive numbers. Some of the greatest people on the planet will never know. Will never know. Because the work that they did was not in front of people. Yet, it preserved the, our ability to do what we do. And so when you're called to be that person like we are here, man, it's like the long way. You know, everybody tells you, oh, just go down this one. This is the shortcut. And you get there and it's locked up. You get to this detour. And the detour's around the whole city. And like, wait a minute. I had to go
surround yourself with the wrong friends. Anybody ever surround themselves with the wrong friends? Oh, there's something to come for a minute. There's There is that. There is that. And you don't want to believe that they're the wrong people? Or you, you don't want to hear when people say they're the wrong people? Or you can't see that they're the wrong people? Or you can't see them? You know, spiritual discernment and spiritual wisdom. Yeah. You know, our assessment has both of those areas on their spiritual wisdom because a lot of people got, you know, we confuse information with wisdom. But information is untried knowledge. Somebody write that down. Wisdom is tried and verified knowledge. It's proven useful in your life situation. We don't talk a lot about wisdom today. We, we, we bandy the word about, but we don't really tell you what wisdom is. So you think every time you get a piece of information, you got some wisdom. You know, that's why you all watch, y'all watch all of this stuff on television, and they give you information and facts and details, and you translate that to wisdom. But you still only know what you heard. You still don't know what to do with it. You know, we are, in our, comp- in our organization, um, we had a real handle on the unconscious incompetence. And that's what the church is today. The church is largely an unconscious incompetence. And that means they don't know what they don't know because they have never taken time to learn what they should know so they can weigh it against information versus wisdom. So you have, no, you have to have a comparison. You can't be good at anything if you don't have a comparison or contrast. And would you say that uh, some of that is attributed to our deep reliance on the anointing to be a substitute or a universal filler for a lot of things with deficit? Well, I remember, you know, coming up in my in my uh, early days in Jesus Christ, I remember coming up thinking, you know, I have to know this because I heard it. You all, a lot of us think that if we hear something from God, we heard the whole thing. We don't realize how God works on germs. He said the germ of a mustard seed. Just a little piece of it. Yeah. And God works on that. But I remember being taught that you don't need anybody to teach you. You have the unction of the Holy Spirit. Like it, it, we all do. But let me tell you something. Unction in your spirit and wisdom in your heart. And intelligence in your brain, those are three dimensions of competence and capability. Yeah. Just because you hear God doesn't mean you understand God. Many people have had the situation where God, they say, well, God gave me a word, and I don't know what it means. You know, like those prophets that Peter talked about, who were writing about us in their time, they said they were trying to figure out, who is he talking to? Who is he writing about? Right. What does that mean? Well, it takes Acts chapter 2 to tell us what Psalm 16 meant when it says, I will not leave my soul in hell, nor suffer your holy one to see corruption. That was prophetic. But the manifest, a wisdom of manifestation is prophecy realized. So Paul understood, or when he was teaching that, or or Luke, when he was writing it, they understood, wow, that prophecy has manifested in the man, Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And now we know what it means, because he's been crucified. He was buried. He rose from the dead. The Holy Spirit came, birthed the new creation. But in, when, when 
Who? And then again, I think he might have, because David says God's thing at his right hand. So it might be that he and Jesus have a chat. But the point that I'm saying is that even prophets don't have the wisdom of their words. Because wisdom fills in the blanks. It doesn't just predict or affirm the incident. Wisdom fills in the blanks with real life application. So, uh, what's up, Mary, Jesus' mother? Well, how can it be since I never knew a man? Now, she didn't even realize that she is that woman in Isaiah 7 14. <laughs> Talking about, as a virgin shall bear a son, and you will call his name. She was prophesied, she was in prophecy. And she, here comes Gabriel to make the word come to pass. Did anybody know that it was Gabriel? She said, well, how can it be? Then I don't know a man. I mean, I, I, I don't know him. I'm a virgin, so how am I going to be with a child? And then the Holy Ghost says, has Jesus said, but the Holy Spirit will overshadow you in the power of the highest. And as a result of those two encounters, they're going to drop a seed in you, which will be called the Son of God. I don't know if you hear me. Just because somebody can predict doesn't mean they have the full intelligence of the Almighty. And one thing we don't give God credit for is being a strategist or a tactician. Yet the Old Testament keeps talking about the words of the Lord. Right, right. But, but God is a warrior. When you've been in church so long, all you know is that you are a worshiper and God is just he's there to take your worship. It never dawned on you that this man has to war, and he's a strategist, and God's tactics are stunning, and they're skilled, even in the 21st century. But God, the Bible says that there is a, something that we have yet to find. I'm sure somebody found it, and they're hiding it. The book of the wars of the Lord. Scripture tells us that our God is a man of war. You think that that's the father and not the son. But God is a warrior. And I just want to talk to you about that. Now, you know, as far as all that's happening and all of that, I'm going to just deal with the redeemer side and the prophet side and the messenger side of it because that's what we have to do. We've got to go on. And we, how we go on says everything. So I'm going to go on record to tell you that the Bible is full of prophecies that look like they fail. Yes. <laughs> but you don't know that. And you know why? Because the facts had to distill into wisdom that gave God, not man, gave God the win. So our job is to find out where God's win. Because that's what a prophet is supposed to do. We're not to get caught up in that. One of the things that, that, I mean, Jeremiah got slapped in the middle of a conference. They slapped, not yet, his yoke off his neck. Because Jeremiah said, I don't care what all these prophets say. I'm telling you what the most high is doing. Micaiah, same thing. Got slapped and then put back in prophet jail. And never backed down off of what he knew. Because the same God didn't say it is the same that. He lied and he erred. And no prophet with a track record with God will ever change the prophecy. 
seed, not one. They won't modify it. They won't adapt. Now, gifts might. Gifters might. The adjectives may. But the noun won't. Prophets don't change their work. Isaiah died hundreds of years before we got a Cyrus. But we did get a Cyrus. Isaiah died hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before we got Mary the Virgin who was their child. Now, one, a couple of things, because this is why I love teaching the prophetic, because we, we consider the prophetic as a prediction tool. And if your prediction fails, then it's not the word of the Lord. But understand, God's word equals work. So God doesn't have vain statements. He doesn't have empty, hollow statements. God's word must work in a campaign in a venture, in their surprise, that he's bringing to pass. Or again, to one, that he's already got in motion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that interesting to them? See, God is, we, we look at God as waking up and going to sleep every night like us. Well, Jesus woke up this morning. He said, nice. Well, Lord, what are you going to do? I mean, we give, we give January prophecies the way they did in the Greco-Roman Empire in Europe. We don't give them as if God's word is a continuum. Mm-hmm. Any real prophet will tell you God's word is a continuum. And it is a continuum replete with models and examples and scripture trackers. You can literally track it. The Bible is full of prophecies where God's way says. Oh. Well, he just plays this. I know, I can't play this. I can't even close this. It's full of examples, but God looks like he went home and abandoned his people. It's a word, the Bible is full of prophecies where he gives whole pagan prophetic institutions credibility for the single place. Because God's the roundup God. Yes, he, is. he is not. God is not going to get in the middle of a fray and, and, and suffer things getting away, getting away from him. He is not that kind of God. And see, what we don't realize is when Daniel says, though, or, or Gabriel says to Daniel, Daniel, those who know their God will be strong and do great exploits. And they say the exploits are added, but if it says be strong and do, well, we can put extra points. There, we can do it. We can put in place of exploit. We can say, be strong and do what God says. Be strong and do what God wants. Be strong and do God in the in situation. That's our God. But there is no way anybody with a track record of God as more than a predictor cannot see the backdrop of what God is doing. God's the round of God. God can't move. You can't be alpha if you got things that get away from you. You can't be omega if things that started without you. And you can't be omega if you can't round it all up. See, God has a reputation and a credibility that he doesn't care about us. He does not care about us. I'm like, yeah, I promise you eternal life on us. You're going to get some eternal life, but along the way you might get a blessing or three. So people... You know, there. You know, we got all of these prophets. You need to, you need to change and repent. Not a prophet. A prophet will not relent. Not a real prophet. Real prophets don't relent. 
these false prophets are not relenting and they're looking at the surface. They're looking at emergence. We're not looking at emergence. We're looking at eternal. We're not forgetting our prophecy from news bureaus. We're getting our prophecy from the continuum. Because God's word is a continuum. That's why Peter could find his calling in Jesus Christ because of the prophetic continuum. And if you have proven, because you don't get the continuum by the way, you know that by the problem. That's the work of God is going over the deep file. We <laughs> talk about deep state all day long, but we got deep Jesus who built the deep people who thought another state was an idea. So we uh, hear me, because some of you up-and-coming prophets, I promise you, God's word will prevail. And I promise you, by the spirit of the living God, that God will not suffer his word to fail. He said his word will not return to him more. But Jeremiah had to learn the secret of God's words coming to pass through a messenger, through a prophet. And Jeremiah had to learn, even after they embarrassed him, he was embarrassed in meeting. You know, he's standing there. Nobody was sitting with him. He was all by himself because he said, hey, have my boy with I don't care what you say. I understand, but I'm talking Bible. I'm not dealing with your politics right now. I'm talking the history and the pattern of the Almighty when he engages creation in his sovereignty. See, God engages creation in his sovereignty. He doesn't ask our permission. He's not born, and God can wait. God is like, I'm Alpha and Omega, so I already worked out the end. I'm not waiting for the end. The end is not. When Alpha comes out of his mouth, Omega follows and says, well, all done. God's not waiting to see how it works out. He is maneuvering to make it turn out his way. Because God's not going to miss. I'm telling you, and if you are a prophet of the Most High God, you must be in the continuum. And no prophet of God sees the fatality of his word. We don't think God's word is fatal in the sense that it can't happen. That's not how prophets think. So people are looking for me to say something different, and if you tuned in for me to say something different, let me just tell you, I'm not. And here's my bell. I got my bell. No, I'm going on I got a cowbell. I'm not. Because when you are real prophet and when you sit high, God gives you the Alpha and the Omega. And the Omega man calls and the Omega devil calls is not the Omega that calls all things to work together for the good to those who love God who are the cause according to his purpose. You better watch the prophets that won't move. You better watch the ones that won't change. You better watch the ones that are unshakable because, see, they are moving with the script and a strategy. And a machinery you know not of. Yes. <laughs> give you a For my husband, <laughs> I get <laughs> She's like, I have to hit the day and wait for the sound. When God gave me, I'll give you this statement because Jeremiah learned the secret. The secret that Jeremiah learned is not my word like a hammer. It breaks the rock to pieces. And like a fire, it burns away all the chaff. 
right now, God's child burning. So while he's child burning, I'm just talking about us kingdom. While he's child burning, his messengers are having. Yeah. I know the Lord Jesus Christ like that. And I'm going to tell you why in a minute. Because you know, I got a reason. I want you to hear me. It's important that you hear what I'm saying. I don't give a prophecy that I question. And God doesn't give me prophecies that's going to make me question them. See, the, the people who have settled the questions get the full picture. The people who are still querying, that's different. When God showed me this, I said it before. Now, this is hammer. This is prophecy hammer time. Okay? We are hammering. I'm going to hammer this thing because we tell you something. God, God tells me I got to keep hammering this. Boom. Boom. I don't care what it looks like. Boom. I don't care what it looks like. Boom. I don't care. Boom. I don't care. Boom. And we keep hammering. He said, for the rock will break. Now, you may not understand what that means, but since I am a highly trained messenger of the Lord Jesus Christ, I know that the root word of prophecy was that which is quarried through rocks of resistance. It's in the dictionary. I gave you a cowbell. Go ahead. Hit that belly bell. Hit that belly bell. I'm praying for a God. Nobody gave me a God. But maybe I don't need a God. Maybe. No, no, no. See, when you break down the meaning of the word, of, of words, period, it actually means quarrying rock to impose something in the earth that didn't exist. Now, Dr. Price, I don't believe you. I said, I submit to you that I'm right, and I submit to you I can prove it. And you know why? Because the Ten Commandments were written in a rock. The almighty quarry rock. So the fact that it's hard, the words have to fall on a hard ground and hard heart and a hard situation and hard devil, that's normal. That's typical. When we fall in that easy breeze, that's not. Baby, I'm going to tell you right now, I've been with this man a long time. And I'm telling you, Jesus was training me, and I didn't even know I was in class. (laughs) Laws were considered to be quarry in Rockford. That's why the Ten Commandments. What what are they finding? They're going into these caves. What are they finding? Etchings, engraving, chiseling. Because in the beginning of humanity, we have pen and paper. God knows we couldn't dream software. Everything was rockware. So we had rockware, and then we had metal instruments or stylus. So you want to know, because I'm giving you my, my, my back story, so that you understand why I don't get moved. I know the end, and if I've got, it's like anybody else, if you got the end of a matter, Everything that says in that doesn't line up with that, that you know we're still in place. I represent the throne of Jesus Christ. 
the realm of the Almighty, the Creator's realm, where there is more and more involved than dark devils and blinded humans. I represent the one who's already at the end. See, God is already at the spirit of the bride. They come. He's been waiting for us to get it. But he's already at there. So when God told me this, he told me the election was not the issue. Trump's inauguration was. He said, you have to get him inaugurated, which means God knew that it was going to be up. I had, when I started having my issues, and I did, because, you know, the, the enemy loves throwing suggestions in your mind. You have to have a strong mind yes. to be a resolved prophet or resolved messenger. Your mind cannot be flaky or fluffy. You can't need human approval and human opinions and, and polls and consensus to do your job. You have to know that you know the first word. I teach my prophets. Don't get off the first word. You want to worry about being confused about those words after. I don't get off the first word. I never have. Since 1980, I don't get off the first word. So my mind is not into that. I don't care because I'm looking through that. And in our realm, we would say God's realm is a hologram. But in God's realm, we're the hologram. Huh. Okay. Wow. Hologram. Because the substance is either Christ or Satan. Because we're the fill in. We're the comic book that's filling the code. Because we don't have power. Our power comes from out of this world. And it doesn't make a difference whether it's light or dark. So God told me that. And I shared it on my show, and I'm sure Rachel will find it, where I said, Biden was getting inaugurated, and he had on a pukey green suit from the 80s and 90s type of era. And they were right in the middle of swearing him in, and a hand came in out of nowhere and yanked him. That's my word. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to be in a month, six months, or six years. <laughs> I doubt that, but hey. But my job, God says it through Isaiah, you are my messenger that I am God. You are my messenger that I am He. You are my messengers are the ones that know that there is a God. There is a living God, and he doesn't fail. But God is working in a 24-7, 8 billion population window. He's got to bring his word. Now, see, because we want to, the media gets over life. They just go and get, rip it off a thing and just read it. That's not heaven. Heaven has got to take what has been biologically inseminated in human beings and, and, and physicality, and we've got to watch it go through. You know, many people who had diseases today had them 10 years ago. And if there was a way to spot them 10 years ago or 20 years ago, we would have. Are you hearing what I'm saying yeah. to you all? See, so by the time you get to the doctors and they say you have this and you have that, that thing's been breeding and growing and weaving itself through your body, through your chemistry, etc., altering all of your being to its existence since it's rogue. Because these diseases are just rogue cells, rogue spirits that are moving through, that have physicalized themselves to move through a, a, a body. So you had your disease. Some of us, what do they say? You had it in your, in your father's sperm. You had it in your mother's womb. So that's what God has to do. He's got to work through his creation. 
so that he gets the right humans handling what he wants and he gets the right casualties he's ordained. Wow. See, these are the prophetic trainings you don't get, which is why you're wobbling. Because we all should be together with as prophets talking about the devil is a liar. This is not what God said. Because prophets will tell you that's not what God said, so my job is to exercise my force and my power with him to muscle in what the Lord said. Now, it takes time because, remember, we're moving through this. Y'all, they're moving through the things and the patience. God's moving through being. That's right. That's right. And beings are wonderfully made. We are an intricate unity. He's got to move through our spirits to get our soul to take it, to put on the uptake it, and then the soul has got to move to, to take what it gets from the spirit, take that energy, turn it into chemistry, move it into the body. And then the body has to disseminate it so that from the, from the will, heart, to the mind, brain, is ready to make it happen in this world. A lot of this stuff has been in little kids because Jesus' call on your life has been in you since you were a little kid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She was talking about why things take so long. You were talking about that. So let me help you. So I'm, what you see on your screen says what it means to be a sovereign messenger. You see, darkness never changes message, but, but the light did, children of light did. Christian prophets started saying, well, uh, you cannot be a messenger of a sovereign being and be wobbly. Now, you can, be, you can be strategic, you can be shrewd, you can be king, you can be clever, you can be prudent and judicious, but you can't, you can't be wobbly. Middle of the night, I'm, well, you know Jesus, middle of the night, because if you're a real prophet, you're not sleeping. Ah. Holy Ghost, is, I let him know. He, he, you know, when, when they say, my sleep departed from me. Yeah. Bible has a lot of those moments. And sleep is like, I wish I could hang in here with you, but uh, I've got to go. <laughs> I'm leaving you. I'm waking, I'm waking and seeing sleep leaning on the side of the wall. I'm saying I want to go back to sleep because I can't help you. God woke me up. Well, before he woke me up, he said, Paula, have faith in me. All day yesterday, he kept saying, don't leave me. Don't leave me. Don't leave me. And I'm thinking, okay, been with him long enough to know how to read those words. I can interpret that word. All night long, he kept saying, I know what I'm doing. Have faith. Have faith. Have faith. No, he's telling me this. Why? So my mouth will not cause my flesh and other people to sin and other people's hope to crash. See, I can't crash your hope. That's my job. That's my calling. I don't care whether it's this, something else tomorrow, something else next week. It doesn't matter. It, can I say it doesn't matter? Home, it doesn't matter what it is. It is our job to be this man's messenger. And until God changes the word, our job is to work it into fulfillment. That is our job. Yeah. Not walk around and say, oops, we missed it. And everybody, all that, all of us, all at one time now, oops, we missed it. Oops, we missed it. I haven't, and if we're going to roll with Paula Price, that's who I am. 
I have not got it. These people will tell you we sitting in the middle of rubble. Yeah. I'm telling you, we sitting, we're sitting in the middle of did I not say we're sitting in the middle of rubble. Are we not? All of y'all who've been with me, and I'm saying I don't care. I don't care what a devil says. This is not happening. I don't care what you say. They we got put out by a pastor who maneuvered us to get kicked out of our building. Okay. Our pastor on my staff. See, I've been around with the devil and him his use of, of his children and God's children. And so uh, we got put out. This pastor was so sure we were not going to make it. He told the landlord, if you hang around, you'll get all their property and all of their material for nothing. Oh, but see, my daughter is as crazy as her mama. She is. My daughter is crazy. Boy, she's like a really serious prophet. And so it was her job and Apostle Ashley's job to work the move. They had already made their mind, we're not leaving him a toothbrush. And he was before we ordained. And, no, they, were just, they weren't even ordained. They were just warriors. So you got to have the right warriors around you. So, they, so my, daughter, my daughter said, so they, I mean, they were circling like buzzards. Oh, my God. They called. They said, we might have to get out. We were robbed and cheated. We might have to get out. But we're not giving you anything. Call the Salvation Army. We didn't have any help. The you know we the people had left. You know when you get ready to go down, you know the ships and carrying on. Call the Salvation Army, and because we couldn't even move ourselves, they backed them trucks up there, emptied out all of those we had. What three three? Yeah. Back them up and sent that stuff yeah. to the Salvation Army before we give it to a devil. I'm gonna give it to a saint. Come on. They did, and I said, and I stood there, and I said, I'm gonna tell you what. You may have won this round, taken, but I promise you, I promise you, I reign, and I promise you, Jesus is going to reward me more than ever I ever had. And that's not that's a couple of times. And you said, Satan, you owe me a building. Yes, I did. Fully furnished. Yes, I did. With good. I mean, she was so mad.
for large corporations in my region, and I was really, you know, green when they put me in there. That was green. I'll be honest with you. I just was like, okay. And so I went through because I was green, and I also got into the faith message and whatnot. I was demoted. And I was demoted in what looked like the worst thing that could ever happen, which turned out to be the best thing in my life. But I had a dream. God had told me in a dream, they're going to demote you. Don't fight it. You will have an opportunity to reverse it and go back. Don't take that window. I'm thinking, wait a minute, I'm the big bad. No, uh-uh, no, no, Jesus. Uh, no. So sure enough, they did what they did. You're going to love this story because if you're in career, sometimes you need to know that God makes you step back so he can get you to leap over. Yeah. So, um, so I'm, in this, I'm in this position, so I'm, I'm demoted. I mean, they demote me. Now, my salary stays the same because it's under contract, but my responsibilities are greatly, and when I say greatly diminished, they are. So I'm sitting in this new company with all of these newbies who just got out of college, and it's like four of us veterans. Two real old ones, and I'm the youngest. At the time, I am 28 years old. So I'm sitting there, and I'm telling you, I'm dying a thousand, and you know, and nothing. Y'all think millennials just came into existence? No, no. I work with that spirit, baby. I know them kids. Okay. And so we're sitting there, and they're like, "Oh, you're with us," and they're letting you know they're smarter, they're stronger, they're faster. And I'm sitting there saying, "God, what should I do?" Now I knew it was going to happen because I was too ignorant to know a play. That was, ha- that was going on that was I should have handled differently. I did not respond well, and my instincts, because, you know, your prophetic instincts work whether you know what to call it a prophet or not. You just say, you call, why well, are you still calling it something? Right. <laughs> we still calling it something told Something said, you know. Something moved me. You know, I didn't even, at that time, I hadn't been in God long enough to know it was my Noah Noah. <laughs>
See, God tries you way, way early in your life to know that when you get to those critical moments, he knows he can count on you because he, you've been accountable and countable from the beginning. So I didn't go. And I went home and cried. Oh, my God, I cried. Oh, man. And, and, and again, you know, we got these little cocky kids. They let me know. But one of the things that I had, my upbringing as a fighter and in my neighborhood and all of that, that builds you. That builds something in you called pushback, called stand, called resilience. The church is not accustomed to that because they're facing on the authority that if it's hard, it's not God. And if it's threatening, then it cannot be God's blessing. But you know, God's blessings are always under threat. So we go, and I stay there. And so I'm, eventually the Lord, he said, if you stay, I'll make you great. So I stayed, and it was hard, you know, and all of my folks over there where we left, they were like, yeah, well, how you like it in kitty land? And how you like it in baby land? And how's romper room? I'm like, oh, Because, you know, people are people. So I go, and I, I eventually I start closing sales. And when I say closing, it was almost like I could say beep, bop, bibbidi, bop, and it was closed. I was like, eek, 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 to see if that was closed. So my numbers started racking up, and I realized that I had a new anointing. Well, at that time, I, again, I don't know it's anointing. Mm-hmm. So we just call it the thing or the it, the it thing. That's all I had was it wasn't a factor. It was the thing. Okay. It thing. We had to work our way up to that. <laughs> so, I'm, and I'm selling. I mean, I'm selling these things, and these people are loving it, etc. And we're talking about really nice accounts, but they weren't the, the ones that I wanted to get to because they took me out of those. Because remember, I didn't know how to sell. So, finally, I get to an account. My my accounts were attorneys and insurance companies. And uh, lawyers. Anybody try to sell something to a lawyer? Right. Let me just hit something. I got wow. to say, they're going to ask you 900 questions yeah. right after, hello, I won. Yeah. Yeah. So, those are my accounts. Well, I, so what I did is that I just started holding lunches, conferences, and meetings with the ones that would come. And, of course, you have to have a pretty good incentive base for them to come because these are busy people. And, and I just introduced me. This is how I do. I'm your new accounts executive. This is what I do. I'm different in this area, but I'm similar in that area. Here's what I want to do for you. Your field is getting ready to go through. Blah, 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 so boom. Surprisingly, something like 50 showed up. I was like, really? But see, I, I stayed in my place, and I stayed where God told me to stay. So they did, and I just started selling, you know, products to them, equipment and whatever. But I get this one account. You've got the, the, the account that drags you through the mud. Baby, God got some trainers that will skin you alive My God. and then make you thank him for all of the suffering and every scar and every wound and every tear. But I got this account, and it was a uh, uh, lower high-end insurance company. Now, I go in. I'm going to tell you, I go in my first meeting and they tell me, I don't want you. We don't do business with the likes of you. But see, back then, we didn't have all of those, all of that PC language. Honey, the gloves were off and it was wrong. And so we don't know why we should listen to you. 
I said, well, I made the trip. You text schedule the time. We can start with that. <laughs> That's all I got. I got nothing. You know, and I was really, you know, I'm really, I know you all can't believe it, but I'm very mellow now. <laughs> I am not what I was. I was very sharp, very quick with it, and I mean, I would go after it. But God gave me my match. So let's say this is around August in the year, and I go in and say, okay, this is what we want, and we don't want to pay so-and-so. Can you do it? I said, no, because I'm not going to make any money. Can we talk about something else? Because, again, I, I'm a street girl. I don't have a clue about all of that, and I don't know that I'm about to get engaged in a war that's going to take me six months, and it was brutal. Six months to battle this out, and they fired me almost every other week. So I'm new. I've never been in this kind of, I, I, you know, we know how to deal with your neighborhood. You know how to fight in your neighborhood and push back on that. I could do a little scuffles in the office. Not this. Because that whole team, I think they were handpicked for me. I'm sure God put it together for me. So I go and I, I present our product and, oh, I'm ready to go. Meanwhile, I'm, I'm rocked. The first introduction rocked me. Because I'm, I'm 28. Do I know? I've kept. And so I, I'm rocked, but I'm, uh, but you know, I grew up, you bluff it no matter what. <laughs> no matter what, you bluff it. So I, I grow up, I mean, I go through it, and I start telling them, and they start telling me how it's going to be. So then I leave, you know, I just take the after I want, I realize that they want to do this, so I just take their specs, I'm going back to my office. Before I get back to the office, they call and say, we don't want her. Don't send her back. Wow. Well, my manager wants the money because it is a sizable account. So he wants the money, so he says, well, what if I come with her? So they come with me, and I, I sit at the table, and I mean, they're talking rings around me and things I had never heard, and my manager is rolling with me because he's not backing me because he, he's backing the guy, and I'm the only black thing in the room. Because that's been my story. Pray for me. So he, they're talking rings around me, and, I'm, and, and, and so I'm the glorified note taker. I said, um, so I would ask questions, and they look at me like I never said a word and keep on talking. So I, we go back to the office, and my manager is saying to me, so do you know what they want? Do you know what they say? Yeah, but why did you do that to me? Because I wanted to know if, if this is different, if this is your account, take it. But if not, I'm not going to sit there like a brick, like, looking like an idiot. And so he said, well, you know, it's just me trying to work, you know, form a relationship, create an environment, blah, blah, blah. So we go back, and... He says, I will keep her if you let her support you, but we want you. And so I, I said, well, who's going to get paid? Because, you know, my attitude is I just need to know who's going to get paid. Like, I'm a basic girl because I don't need to sweat with y'all. You know, because in my, you know, I have to learn that indulgence. I have to learn that because my attitude is I don't need this. But I did because the commission was ridiculous. So I got it. So we, my, my manager went, and, I, and they, at that time when they talked rings around my head, I went and I, dro- I had been on a fast, and I dropped to my knees, and I said, God, you tell me that you're the God of wisdom. I said, I read the Bible, and it says that you're the God of wisdom and that you have all answers to all things, even before the question. I said, God, I'm filled with your Holy Ghost. I am your child. I cannot believe that you're going to let these people talk rings around me. 
I said it, and I didn't know any better because that was my prayer. I didn't know about, you know, we have to say our father and thou is and all that. I didn't know any of that. I just was like, God, thou is be given. You know, I hadn't yet picked up my, my, my Christian lips. And so I said <laughs> So I said to God, I said, um, so I went to sleep. And when I went to sleep, I, I, he woke, my, woke me up by my spirit. My heavens opened, and all of this beautiful uh, crystal and, 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 um, di- and diamond rays just poured down in my head. And then he just closed that, and he closed my head. So I thought, okay, so I, don't, I knew it was wisdom because I already understood how he had been teaching me that. So we go to the next meeting. We go to the next meeting, and they start. And I said, hold on. I was so serious yeah. because I was like, I, I still am not going to let you do that to me. I won't let you do it. And so I said, if, if, if I'm not mistaken, isn't my name on the account? Right. This is, this is my account, right? My name, you all the time. I said, if I got to take the weight, then I'm going to take the lead. That's how this is going to go. And they started asking me questions. And when I say the Holy Ghost started talking in my spirit and, and, and whatever, and he said, now listen, they're going to say that. Don't say that. Say this. They're going to do that. Don't do that. Do this. And he is, you know, and he has already taken me to the, the Bible, which is that Peter said, don't worry about what you're going to say until you get there. So I'm thinking, so I'm sitting there trying to run this meeting, and I'm odd because the Holy Spirit acts like he knows the company. <laughs> <laughs> And he acts like he knows these people stop. So they started, and he was starting. And that's for that young one, he started running this thing. I said, hold on. We're either going to do business or we're going to wrestle. You have to tell me what it is, but I'm not doing this. Oh, come on now. Because I'm thinking, if I earned the right to sit in your face and you came to sit here, I did not know then. It was his job to question it. So I was like, we're going to do this. So he finally pulled back. He never changed. Never. They started firing me almost every other week. She can't come back. We don't want her. We don't like her. If I said two things they didn't like, I was fine. And I'm a novice, so I said about 22 things they didn't like. <laughs> well, so we go, and then they would fire me on a Friday. I'd get them notice on Thursday night, and then Monday, Sunday night, they say, okay, send her back. So I guess they decided they wouldn't keep on beating me. Now, at this time, the company, you know, this new company has some money, so they need this account. And I and just happened to be the football. But eventually, it got so bad that they would switch out. So then they switched out leadership. And the president was a woman. And she came in. So I'm sitting there because I'm thinking, I don't want this. I'm sick of these people. I'm now up into January, February, and we're playing this game. I said, I'm sick of these people, God. I'm just uh, wide happy. He said, you can win this if you stay with me. I said, but God, I just, you can win this if you stay with me. He said, now, they're going to tell you again, they don't want you seven more, several more times, but you're going to win this. And I'm thinking, do I really want to win it? You know, I'm, do I want it? You know, my ego is crushed. Yeah. I am fatigued. My, in business meetings, I'm, in my staff meetings, I'm the butt of the joke. I mean, this is a horrible season in my career. So I finally, I go and meet the new woman, and she begins to let me know who she is, and she is letting me know I don't do business with black folks. 
I'm thinking, and you know what? I wanted to say a whole lot of things because I was raised in, in Newark, New Jersey. And all I said was, I can't do anything about that. Do you want another another uh, accounting certificate? But I'm just, I just want you to know that's how I feel. But I'm sitting in the Holy Ghost. I mean, God was so real. He said, bind the spirit of racism. I said, what? He said, bind it. That's not her. Look in her eyes. That's not her. So I go, and I'm sitting in this meeting, and I'm like, I just put my head down like this, and I, I begin to do battle with that spirit. Look up, the color of her eyes changed. And so we had the best meeting. She couldn't understand why they had not made a decision before now, and on and on and on, and we're moving forward. That's all right. Two weeks later. <laughs> but I've got headway. All i got to do now is just sign contracts. So I finally go back, and she's stopping now. I'm buying it in the car. I'm not going to wait till we get to the table. I'm going to get, get on the head of this devil. And so, and so then what they did was they tried, when they fired me, they tried to send another account executive in to close the deal. So they, cause they're like, this is going on forever. And they, they didn't want that because I was the football. I want to kick, but I want to kick. We finally closed that deal. And we closed it because the other guy got promoted. So we closed it. But we closed it, and I suffered great loss monetarily because every concession was my pay. Mm. So they chipped away at my com- commission with every concession. But, sweetheart, let me tell you something. But I won. The education I got from that experience and the fortitude that I got as a person, I found the warrior me. I found the fighter me. I found the tenacious me. I found the me that you could never discover if you don't go through difficulty. Because that's what you, you are defined by that. So I found that, okay? And, it, and so the last day, we started this thing, and now we're getting ready to you know, strategize the implementation. That man said to me, you know what, Paul? He said, I like you. I admire you because you stood in it. You, you stayed in it. He said, we threw some stuff at you, but you stayed in it. I thought to myself, I wasn't even, I don't even care. I don't care that you like me. I'm like, I done lost my money. Y'all done brushed me through the merch. My company thinks I'm crazy. I go back. Wait a minute, but this is the joy. I go back. I walk in the office. They're all standing there partying. Yay! I'm like, but y'all just yesterday. Because winners win. And we fought. And it it, it got to be, it was the, I won't call the company name, but it was the blank company. And then the thing just went on being the name become the noun all by itself. But why do I say that? Because I know that we teach the body of Christ wrongly. We teach you to run and hide to flee, to back, what, drop out, or whatever else you do. We teach that to the church. And so we can walk around, which is why you see on your screen what it means to be a sovereign messenger. I wanted to quit. I promise you I tried. I tried to do everything. I couldn't quit my job, but money was easy. <laughs> you know? So I understand some of y'all think you can't walk around. <laughs> but I couldn't have gotten a better education about how that realm 
worked. I mean, the men went out, they did golf, they did everything. I couldn't go. But when they, I have a rule, because, you know, we, we went to a nation that was totally, you know, we not letting women in. And I'm like, but I'm an apostle. You're an apostle. And, and I thought, the guy told me you can go in the kitchen. I said, I don't do kitchen in America. So I need you to back down. And I did I not? And I, yes, I did. I don't do kitchen in America. Now, you paid to bring me here. You brought me here as an apostle. I'm sitting with the apostles. Are we all clear? So, and they didn't like it. They, they tried to change conversation. I didn't care how fast they I was like, Mm-mm. because there are times that you have to fight for what God made you. There are times that you have to push back when people want to unmake you after God has made you. And see, I'm talking to the saints of the Most High God. I'm talking to y'all, 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 y'all supposed to be kings and, and whatnot, priests unto God. So, but so we talk about prayer power. And, and, and here it says, Daniel, those who know their God will be strong. You can't know God and be weak. You just can't. You can be known of God. You can be saved by God. You can even be God, but you can't know God and be weak because God is powerful. When God opens his mouth, when he breathes, when he looks at you, he's emitting his power. His, 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 every time you look in the Bible, an angel shows up. First thing they say is, be strong. Look, second thing, do not be afraid and be strong. Do not be afraid and be strong. Do not be afraid and be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. Every single time you read it, Gideon, I'm scared. No, I'll be strong. Zachariah, I can't help it. I'm passing out. No, get up. Because everything in God's realm has a power and is a superpower constitutionally, innately, as well as positionally. So you can't, the one thing God will not work with is if you're weak. Because the first thing God is, he says, God wants to succeed, he can't leave you weak. And he said, I can't fail, so one of us got to change. I think you need to just come on and be upgraded. So I, I, in my, my experience with God, he always made me. If I, if I went in there and talked about I'm nervous because I'm afraid, God is like, no, you're not. You're not going to tell me that you scared of something I made. I don't even want to hear that. And I, we would have these battles. He said, those who know their God. And he said, uh, Daniel 11.32, and such as do wickedly against the covenant shall be corrupt by flatteries, but by flatteries. I love that. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do. And we said, exploit his will, the assignment, whatever. <laughs> your, your ability to push forward, to recover, you're going to have this. You're going to have times that you've got to back away and regroup. That is normal. Yes, that's normal because God is working through the gene pool, the genetics and genealogy, as well as the ecology of the world, the climate, the atmosphere, and all of those other elements. So God has the, the biosphere and the ecosphere of his creation that he's working through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And since it's the human dynamics, one doesn't know. So we do that, he said, and shall be strong. But in Daniel 7, 27, which I think is so powerful, and the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. Now, when I first read that, God let me know, you know, when you look close to God, he'll let you know you're reading it wrong. <laughs> you say, no, no, you don't read that again. You're not seeing that the way I believe. So I go back and I read. And again, 
And he said, he keeps making me zero in on, shall be given to, he, I zero in on the people of the saints of the Most High. Hold on. Aren't we the saints? But who are the people of the saints? Those principalities and powers. For example, the people of Michael also. Michael's the saint, isn't he? He is the righteous over Israel. He has a body and a nation. So he said to me that the battle, if you read this, and I, I just really, I really like this. Daniel 7, for those of you who have, well, all y'all got a Bible. You got a phone, you probably got a Bible. So we don't have to say that any longer. But Daniel 7 is probably one of the most powerful passages. And a lot of times we think that because something has happened one way in in a particular era, that's the only way. But God said that which is will be again. Okay? And so now this is all about the beast that Daniel um, 715 talks about how grieved he was in his spirit in the midst of his body and great beast. He said, <clears throat> but, and then he said, and then he goes, but uh, 18, 7, 18, and then we're going to jump down to the 20s. He said, but the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever and ever. Now here he says, for the saints of the Most High, you know? And then he goes and wants to know about the fourth beast, ten horns. We know that, and we've got people who've already said it, but yet it's emerged in various forms a lot since then. So God is God speaks immediately, eventually, and ultimately. That is why Isaiah seven fourteen is talking about babies that were to be born in that era when God actually was in the uh, in the uh, um, uh, ultimate. Stage with Mary. So, and so he said um, in, in verse 25, and he, talking about this beast um, with all of the, you know, that had the eyes and mouth, that's media. Many eyes, that's media. Okay? And so he said um, in verse 25, and he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and think to change times and laws. And they shall be given into his hand until a time and a time and a half. So this has a immediate, an eventual, and an ultimate application. See, because when you are in the office, you understand that more than dictation comes out of God's mouth. You get application. We must know how it applies. The work, the power of a prophet is to be able to take the ancient word of God and see its revelation and its evolution in age to age to age, which is why Jesus could talk about the prophets bringing them forward to his era. And then Paul talks about it, and, and the apostles bring it forward to their era. And then Jesus comes into the planet and, and, and appears to John, and he brings it into his era so that the end of the age is coming. Hence, God is Alpha and Omega. And so, but the judgment shall sit, and they shall take away his dominion to consume and destroy it to the end. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom of the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints. Isn't that something? 
of the of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Now I like that because you have to recognize that that's letting us know we're not fighting alone. Heaven has a vested interest in us. He said the Most High rules in the kingdom of men, and He gives it to whom He will. I, I, I want to go just a couple of more places because I think it's important that you all get this. What it means to be a sovereign messenger for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Why don't we wrestle against flesh and blood? Because God has us wrestling with those superpowers that have never had to deal with the church. See, we, the early church was not just killed and, 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 and you know, a martyr because of their word. It was the power of that word. It was the Holy Ghost backing that word. Why do you think they want to stone prophets? Because prophets have a particular station in God's world. They have a particular status in God's world. But they also have a contingent of superpower angels or super invisible beings. That contingent job is to hear the word of God coming out of the mouth and then going forth to set it in motion, utilizing or exercising their authority. See, they have an authority that never stops. Mm. Ours, you know, we get old, we get sick, we get fired, but they don't. So that's why the people of the saints, those people are God's superpowers. Those are God's heavenly angels, his heavenly hosts that are maneuvering and, and handling this thing before we see it on earth. So when we come down to Daniel 10, we hear, we hear uh, Gabriel talking about, I was coming to see you, Daniel, but to be honest with you, the prince of, the, the prince of Persia in his mind, they are real beings withstood me 21 days. What, what, how can a human prince withstand an angel? Are y'all following me? Hey, you all out there, y'all following me? Because it's important that you recognize that we win because God has won. And God, because God's one, he has all of these angels and all of these uh, uh, immortal beings, because I don't like to just say invisible and spiritual, but all of these immortal beings who are executing his win in the earth realm in every generation. That, you know, that your word forever, O oh Lord, that your word is settled in heaven. He's, they're executing God's win, but they need us to buck up and be strong. So Gabriel says, so I had to take a break from the war to come and give you the future because you're a prophet. I need to put the future in you because what you will bring into the world has not yet been inscribed. See, when, God, when Gabriel was talking to Daniel, there was no such thing as the book of Daniel. Right. <laughs> he, he, wasn't, he wasn't saying, hey, remember what I told you? No, he was going through the whole experience, and God was downloading it to him through dreams, but Daniel had reached a place. This is the part that's so powerful. He had reached a place where God said, you need a literal messenger. I need to send you an actual messenger now because the dreams have run their course. Trances have done what they need to do. I now need to send you a person, the person who's in charge of the particular realm that you're in because Daniel was a president, a presidential prophet. Or prophet that was present. So Daniel gets this message. And so Gabriel shows up because now what God is about to say is important because he's shifting powers. And, and when you shift powers and people, you shift eras. Because eras are about people and power. 
But what does Gabriel say? He said, hey, I want you to understand that the minute you opened your mouth, God sent me to you. But I had to fight with the sitting powers because they did not want to let the incoming powers go. He said, but before we got here, I had to put Darius in power. Because in God's realm, it's all about a being. For us, it's things. But in God's realm, it isn't. And he proceeds to download to Daniel face to face. And before he could, what did Daniel say? I'm sorry, I can't hear you. I'm out. Your glory, your supremacy, your excellence is so great. I can't stand. I mean, I, I keep passing out. And, you know, he said, I kept on sleep. I didn't know what to do. Sometimes when the you know, when you hear things said, well, that's just, that's when you don't have the Holy Ghost. First of all, half of the people with the Holy Ghost today only got still in germ form. We've not really allowed the Lord to grow up like that because God grows by the word. God grows by your prayer and by the word, by your feasting on him. And so if you're feasting on something else, you're stunted growth. A lot of the church are in what we call new creation arrested development. Wow. I'm just saying. I got to go. So a lot of things, that's why we're having this split. That's why we're having all of these other battles, because we're talking about the mature who stayed with God, who, were, who, who did what Daniel did, kept up with his prayers, kept up with his knowledge of God, did the repentance thing, because you understand that Gabriel came because Daniel has a whole chapter 9 where he's repenting for his nation. That the, the, the nation cannot go back home until the, the, somebody representing that nation repents. And I mean publicly. And so Daniel is standing there, him and God, and they're going through it. And he starts saying, and he said, and I made my confession. Daniel was like, I was a kid when this happened, but I was still part of it. And he began to talk about what my fathers did, how they turned on you, how they violated your law, how they killed your kids, how they did this, how they did that. And I mean, Daniel, you can't be an intercessor and not know Daniel 9. Because I don't care about them little clicks we got. Come on. Because, see, we like to do those, those scripture clippage. I'm just going to clip this little piece out. But when you read it, and he said, I'm telling you, he said this. So all the while that he was waiting, Daniel was literally, hear me, was literally repenting, and he took the entire weight and onus of what his, his nation did to his God on himself. That, and so when you say, well, I don't know what God means when he said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. And what? Turn. We, we, we skip over turn. This is the clippage. We skip over turn. But Daniel said, no, no, we're going to have to own up to everything we did. And we can't just say sorry. And we can't just say, God, we did you wrong. God needs you to enunciate. I command how wrong you did this. Because every item stems from an issue, and every issue has an individual spirit that answers that rebellion. And he goes on. I mean, when you cannot. And so Daniel starts 9-5. We have sinned and have committed. I just love the way he says it. Committed iniquity and have done wickedly. And have rebelled even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgment. Now you'll hear the modern folks and not us. Oh yeah, uh-huh. When y'all started calling the word of God legalistic, when you started calling the people out in the word legalistic, when you started calling
is important. Hear me. Neither have we hearkened unto thy servants the prophets which spake in thy name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people. So the first thing they did, God will tell you in a minute, you shut down the prophets or you replace the prophets of God with false prophets, everything else is downhill. This man, this is a powerful, you should read this on your own. If you are an intercessor, you not only read this, you need to assimilate it. He goes on to say, Lord, oh Lord, righteousness belongs to thee, but unto us confusion of faces. Are we confused? As it is at this day, to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and unto all Israel that are near and that are far off, even down the future, he says, that are in these countries and those that God has spread on. He said, oh, far off through all the countries whither thou hast driven them because of their trespass that they have trespassed against you. And he goes on, verse 8, confusion of faith to our kings, to our princes, and to our fathers because we sinned against thee. To the Lord our God belong mercies and forgiveness, thank you, though we have rebelled against him. Neither have we obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his laws which he set before us by his servants, the prophets. You see, you can't have a revival without the prophets. I know you want to have a revival without the prophets. You want to have a prayer meeting with the intercessors. Well, if the intercessors are not the prophets, God is not going to do it because God likes his institutional order. He likes his constitutional order. I know we don't think so. So you got all kinds of people living all kinds of ways trying to tell God we saw it. I'm just saying and he confirmed, and he has confirmed his words which he spake against us and against our judges that judged us by bringing upon us a great evil, for under the whole heaven has not been done as has been done upon Jerusalem. As it is written in the law of Moses, all this evil has come upon us, yet we made not our prayer before the Lord our God that we may turn from our iniquities and understand thy truth. We still arguing over truth. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. We're arguing over Jesus. Let you know anything about God and biological. And so, and, and then, and, and, we, and not like this one, therefore hath the Lord watched upon the evil and brought it upon us, for the Lord our God is righteous in all his works, which he doeth, for we obey not his voice. And so he's running down. He's laying out what they did. You can't repent. You think about it. You got a, a, a relationship in trouble, particularly a family issue and a marriage. People gonna take. I'm sorry, blindly, just a single step for a little while. After a while, they need to know what you're sorry for. Right. Because they know that you keep saying I'm sorry, and you keep joining it, so you have to say you're sorry again. So now we know you're sorry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't know. You better just quit your sin. Right. So when you think about where we are, because we have a lot of people, saints, who love the Lord, but you did not have, you have pastors who taught you New Testament only, and then some just taught you the gospel, others just taught you the epistles, but the bottom line is that the whole counsel of God is what is needed for you to stand, having done all the same. And God watches you all your days to see what you do with his truth. We just put up, we redefine prophets. I can't even tell you how many times somebody said, you know, the prophet in the New Testament, not the same as the prophet in the Old Testament. Says who? When Jesus brought all the Old Testament prophets, 
forward into the new. Jeremy, Isaiah, or Isaiah, Elijah, Elijah. We got Jesus brought them all forward. He brought Melchizedek forward. Abraham, David, forward. Jesus brought them all with him. So are you okay with not knowing who Jeremy is? You cannot separate the old from the new because the old literally created the continuum for the new. The old is what came from him. So when we start talking about interceding, and we're going to intercede, we're going to have to intercede for false doctrine. Yeah. We're going to have to intercede for heresy. We're going to have to repent of our lewdness. We have to repent of the dating culture that you now have. You got a whole, a whole Christian dating couple talking about we Christian dating. How are you going to be that? You have to repent of the, the crazy marriages that you have. You have to repent of the alcoholism, the addiction. You have to repent of your voting against the Almighty because of politics. You got to, we got to, we got to itemize that. We got to enunciate it. Because that's turning from your wicked ways. How are you going to turn? You don't know what you're turning from because you don't realize what you turn to. And he said, the prophets. So we got prophets. Did you hear? These prophets didn't just predict because he's saying to us, the prophets convicted. The prophets prosecuted them by the Holy Ghost. The prophets declared that this is all. The prophets upheld the law. The prophets enforced the law. Enforced the law. You understand? Because this here was the opposite. So I'm saying that if we are the church, quote unquote, of the Lord Jesus Christ, why are we being shepherded by pastors? And prophets are banished. That's why they're out there running and picking up every kind of divinatory thing they can find. Because that mantle is trying to find its home, it's trying to find its work, it's trying to find its word. Is this speaking to you all? In God's order, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. And teachers are important because teachers are the bridge between ignorance and excellence. Teachers are bridge function, bridge institutions. And talking about constitutional teachers, institutional teachers, not situational teachers. A lot of people, you're, you're, I'm in the ministry of the teachers, yeah, but you're a situational teacher. So you deal with this location, you're local. But you're not a part of saying to it that the laws and the governance and all of the things that keep that, that, that pillar, that sphere in God and in righteousness. I said to some, one of my prophets, I said to some of you all online, y'all know I'm excited. I'm having some visual. But I said to some of my uh, some of my prophets, I said, but the prophets in those big meetings, prediction was incidental to their messages. Because prophets had to say what is and is not God. There was discernment, detection. Prophets had to tell you what was going on in the spirit realm and in distant places like Elijah saying, this is what the, the, the king of Syria is doing and, and plotting in his situation room. Then yep. so we have to start thinking differently. And, and, and so there's a reason why God starts everything with a prophet. And in the New Testament, under the Christ era, because the spirit precedes the flesh, the, and the, from the prophet, the flesh precedes the spirit. But in the apostle, the spirit precedes the flesh. 
So the apostles, where did they take it from? They don't come out there asking them to come in and they didn't whip up anything new. Jesus said, my doctrine is not new. He said, but if you wanted to know God, if you really love God, if you wanted to obey him, you recognize my doctrine, that it is from God. We, we don't teach people that Jesus was, um, came as a prophet. He's Messiah, so we can ignore the prophet. But he was killed. He said it wouldn't do. What did he say? Say it. It wouldn't do for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem, you Jerusalem, you stoned the prophets and killed all those that are sent to you. I'm not talking about geographic Jerusalem only. We're talking about the Jerusalem that, that came down, the template, or from which the, the archetype from which the template came to the heavenly Jerusalem. We are citizens of the heavenly Jerusalem, and we still want to kill prophets. Because Satan can't stand a prophet because the prophet is the only one that can really expose him as a liar and expose him as a fallen angel. Everybody else considers him a god. It was the prophets that said, y'all all fallen God. Because God brings us into a realm, into a sphere in him that is important. We've covered those who know their God. Let's see what else I have. I might be done. You have to say the end of the show. Okay, so well, I just wanted to make sure. But I want you to understand this. And I want you to understand that God will let Satan go check. But the Holy Ghost, the Godhead, is the one that says, checkmate. We haven't seen checkmate yet. We've just seen check. But checkmate is in the hands of the Almighty. I, I told the story, and I can't even imagine why I keep telling it now. I know. Again, God says, my word is like a hammer. It breaks the rock to pieces. What does that mean? Well, I've told the story of Adonijah more than once. I think this is a wonderful example of Adonijah. Isn't it beautiful? Because today, Adonijah, he had his own popularity thing. He, he, he gathered his own following. He programmed everybody to think that he was the next in line for king. He got it all together. He was in his coronation meeting. Everybody he had rented his own hall because he couldn't do he couldn't do it in my house. I mean in the chapel. Okay. Temple. Picked up. But he couldn't do it there. And so he goes and he has a whole coronation. He had all the race himself. And all of the people around him, because after all, David is old, and and and, and you the son, and now David got like ninety sons. How about it? Okay. <laughs> so, but these are the two aggressive ones, like the ones that gave him the most problems. Absalom got him kicked off the throne. Yes. David had to flee his own palace and his own throne to go into exile, isolation, if you will, to spare his life, and he did. He departed. He said, listen, if this is what God chose, then this is what we do. And he did, and he said, if God wants me to come back, God will bring me back. Meanwhile, Absalom, thinking he was ready to rule, and, and also under, underestimating the loyalty of the people to David. See, a lot of times people just don't like others. 
they don't even know what it does with their time because people are like, if this is ugly going to be our way of life, then we don't have a future or hope. This has been ugly. And it's it's letting us know we're not going to have a future or a hope. And all of you all who are running around talking about, well, we can just, he can do it in the next election. There will not be another election on this Constitution. If we don't, put, if we don't write this wrong, you, we are going to be a communist nation. And you, nobody cares. And, and, and powers are going to be appointed and no longer elected. Nobody will care about your choice. Nobody will care about, I don't even know how we don't put two and two together. Nobody's going to care. They're doing this. Exactly. They haven't cared. And all of this, nobody cares. They didn't care because in their mind, they had already, like Absalom, behind the scenes, had already staged everything so that they could do nothing but win. And you have all of your, all of your saints, all of these prophets, all these Baal prophets, Jezebel prophets, Asherah prophets, Marduk prophets, Apollos prophets, Dionysus prophets. You got all of these prophets who don't know their God. There is no future for us as we have been hanging on after this. So we need to really not allow that this is check, not checkmate. It's up to us to see to it. But God wants to do this himself, his way. So then Nathan, the prophet, see, it was a prophet that said something on somebody. Let me get a bell. I got a bell. See, yours, well, I know it's. And I don't care that you stop it. You still have to get your own ring of day. Okay? That's why this stays down here because I know you've been crazy. But, 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 and I want you to hear me because Nathan goes to Bathsheba, who is the mother, who said, and, and the queen wife, the wife that really matters, and said, but I thought your son was going to be. I need the wrong woman to take you down and the right woman to take you high. (laughs) 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 Now, Bathsheba was not God's choice. God was so mad at Bathsheba, he never called her name again. He called her. He, he never, listen, he never stopped. Remember, she was the wife of Uriah, seducing the king. So you can't say it was because God led Bathsheba, but God loved David, and he had promised David a seed. Okay? So he said, but I thought your son was going to take over. Don't they not taking over? Well, why is that? Why is out there having a whole conversation? He's coronating. Everybody's over there. How come y'all not over there? <laughs>
Jeremiah 28. Yeah, it's Hananiah. All right. So here it is. This is Jeremiah 28. And they're giving, these are the false prophets. And, and so he's beginning with the reign of Jeremiah. They've gone through all of that. And then so Jesus talks through Jeremiah. And he says, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, saying, I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon. Now, understand, these are, oh, oh, Babylon is going to be around us. And within two full years, don't, don't they like to give you numbers? Within two full years. <laughs> well, I bring again into this place all the vessels of the Lord's house that Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon took away from this place and carried them to Babylon. And I will bring again to this place Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, with all the captives of Judah that went to Babylon, said the Lord, for I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon. Then the prophet Jeremiah. Hmm. Yeah, I know you don't know. Okay, you want verse five? Then the prophet Jeremiah said unto the prophet Hananiah in the presence of the priests and the presence of all the people that stood in the house of the Lord. So this was an annual time, convention time. Even the prophet Jeremiah said, "Amen." The Lord do so. The Lord performed thy words, which thou hast prophesied, to bring again the vessels of the Lord's house and all that is carried away captive from Babylon to this place. Here's Jeremiah. This is the mind of an official prophet. He said, nevertheless, hear hear thou now this word that I speak in thine ears and in the ears of all the people. The prophets, come on, somebody, hit that bell. Come on, girl. You can ring it now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Continuum. The prophets that have been before me and before thee of old prophesied both against many countries and against great kingdoms of war and of evil, and of pestilence. The prophet which prophesied of peace, when the word of the prophet shall come to pass, then shall the prophet be known that the Lord has truly sent him. Then Hananiah, because you know they like to be theatrical, then Hananiah, the prophet, took the yoke from off the prophet Jeremiah's neck and break it. And Hananiah spake in the presence of all the people. We grandstanding now. Saying, thus saith the Lord, even so will I break the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, from the neck of all nations within the space of two full years. And the prophet Jeremiah went his way. Then, verse 12, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the prophet. After that, Hananiah the prophet had broken the yoke off the neck of the prophet Jeremiah, saying, go and tell Hananiah, saying, Thus saith the Lord, thou hast broken the yokes of wood, but thou shalt make for them yokes of iron. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have put a yoke of iron upon the neck of all these nations, that they may serve Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and they shall serve him. And I have also given him the beast of the field also. Oh, Lord. All right. Then said the prophet Jeremiah unto Hananiah, Hear now, the, hear now Hananiah, the Lord hath not sent thee. But thou makest these people trust the law. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will cast thee off from off the face of the earth. This year thou shalt die, because thou hast taught 
rebellion against the Lord. So Hananiah, the prophet, died the same year in the seventh month. We can't change God's word. We can try because there's a track record. Jeremiah knew he was moving in a continuum, in the continuum of prophecy that goes all the way back to Revelation 12. Ah, see, and Revelation 19. So when, so when he snatched that off, he snatched Jeremiah's yoke off his neck. That was his way of saying, you're a false prophet. So I'm going to strip this yoke from your neck so everybody knows because I'm with the crowd. I'm with the big dogs. I am with whatever. So I'm going to strip it. And God is like, you don't fire my prophets. I do. I fire my prophets. I don't send you to fire my prophets. And see, if he had just, if he had just gone on, let's go for a ride, that would have been fine. But no, he fired the Holy Ghost prophet. And so God said, I got to move you because you're going to start trying to do a whole lot of things. Now, here's what I'm going to say. And as I begin to wrap this up, can I do that? And we'll have time for some questions. Okay? On the clock. Here's what I want you to know. God's answer reflected some very prudent and very telling. I want to say details, but also uh, attitude about him. God said, I did not raise Nebuchadnezzar up for one or two wars. I did not give him all these nations for them to slip through his fingers in two years. I did not. So God's attitude is, if it takes me a while to put something in place, you better know it's going to be a while. It's going to take a while because I'm not done. I have watched God from 2002 shift his people, his kingdom, his system, and his everything in the planet. I've watched it. I've told you the story of Melchizedek. I've told you the story of the, the, the ship. I've told you the story of the angels. God is like, I didn't do all of that for a minute. Come on. This is, he said, what I've done has been for centuries. I'm going to have me hanging out for centuries. Because I didn't do all of this work for nothing. So as we go forward as saints, I want to end on this thought. Because it's important that we recognize that I did all of this for the saints. All of that. We're leaving that with the Holy Ghost. Jesus Christ is going to do Jesus Christ. He said, I didn't do all of this for a snack. This wasn't a blip on, on, on the screen of, of uncleanness. This was us taking over. And so he said that. So this is what I want you to know. We have preached a nation of kings and priests for how many years? And we preached kingdom how long? Did we not? And the one thing we did not behave back is, is sovereign and mind. We didn't do that. We did not behave that way. Instead, we behaved as pure. I mean, we were kings don't change because of the landscape. They adjust. They adapt. And kings don't take low and they don't take down. They may retreat. But you can rest assured they're coming back because that blood in them, the spirit in them, everything in them is like, I've got to keep going. That's why you have to kill a king. Mm-hmm. And yet, 
Saul was hosting Agag like he was setting up some sort of international league. And Samuel said, no, uh, no, Mm-mm. because if you're born to rule, rule is what you do. Yeah. And if you're born to be a servant and you force yourself into rulership, it will destroy you. That's how this works. So we have, and I'm talking about the saints of God, I'm talking about Christians. I'm talking about those who are filled with the Holy Ghost. I've been on this apocalyptic elect journey for a while. And I'm telling you, true, true leaders will always have their way. It takes time or not. It takes events, maneuvers or not. But you need to understand that if we're going to keep walking around talking about we are a nation of kings and priests, then we need to up our game a whole lot. We need to up our consciousness a lot. We need to up our hope and up our, our attitude. We need to up our forcefulness and up our determination and resolve. We need to up our real resilience because we are talking about kings and priests, and we're just happy to sit in the church. You talk about this, this thing can shut down all these churches, as many Christians as we have, and you talk about we kings and priests. Do you really think so? I was, I'm listening to my father. I'm kidding. They're rolling from the sick bed. Yes. Rolling from the sick because they can't stop. So if we are that, then we need to up our game and up our attitude and our hope and expectation. And we have to say we, that, that resilience has got to be there. That resoluteness and, and that relentlessness has to be there. If you're going to say we're a nation of kings and priests, we're going to have to rule our spheres and rule our territories. And we're going to have to rule it from heaven down and not earth up. Right now, we taught you kingdom from earth up. But God, Jesus Christ is the king from heaven down. Remember, he's the king that came from heaven. I hope this speaks to you all. Did you want to have some time? I'm going to let you talk since you hit the bell for me. Welcome. Think of profound statement, new creation arrested development. Yes. We can run with that. We can run with that. <laughs> we can run with that because that is true. We're we're just suspended. We we're stuck in well, we're stuck in a false doctrine, I mean. And and we show all the hallmarks of being raised up on something that is not true. Mm-hmm. For sure that is not the whole picture. I mean, we're going through tears among the wheat at Amazon Prime. And that documentary, Expose, because what's the first part called? Who has the first part? Light in the dark. What is it? She's going to look it up, because it's actually part two uh, in the in I know my weekend. Yeah. Um, but it really just exposes. I mean, it's time. You know, everything was about being woke, being woke, being woke. Okay. But it really is time for us to wake up mm-hmm. and not be so... Um, easily sway into Satan's narrative mm-hmm. on what we can't do, what we shouldn't do. I mean, I, I can't even understand how many posts I'm seeing about how ungodly it is for churches or ministers to bring politics into anything that they're doing. And that's not God. That's not God. That's just ungodly. That's not the Lord. But they don't know their God. That's why those who know their God will be strong and right. do no, no, no. But that's not political, Dr. Price. That's in the prayer closet. Yeah. Because okay. we've made every measure and uh, flexing of strength to be either in prayer or in worship. Mm. Unless it's about getting money. But yeah. it's about a lamp in the dark. A lamp in the dark. Oh, I'd have never come up with that one. Huh? Say it again. A lamp in the dark. 
A Lamp in the Dark, The Untold History of the Bible is part one to Tears Among the Wheat. Now, you don't actually have to watch part one to understand part two, because I didn't know there was part one. Part two and cold zone. Yeah. But so I started going back to part one. I have to finish it. And I told my friends to make me a worksheet, because they lay out so much history, and I wanted to the church to go through it on a movie night. And you'll need that handout because they, I mean, they span the people that they name and the things they did. I was like, now who is this? And you're who? And so it's, it's so essential that we equip ourselves and arm ourselves with the truth. Yeah. And that we, we care about it. Yeah. Can we care about the truth? Can we? Okay. So I want to tell you something because, you know, one of the things that, um, one of the things that I have studied is that, there is a word that the Catholic Church has downgraded to service that really was about a public official. Ooh, come on. First of all, I want you to understand, you keep trying to find church in a nation. That's number one. So that's why you keep thinking it's not God, because Israel was God's nation. Can I say this? Israel was God's nation. It had it's all, all of the earmarks of a nation state. Study a nation state. So... Politics was, came with the territory because politics comes with the nation. Before we were the congregation, the ecclesia was the nation of Jesus Christ and still is. We are a nation. The nationality of our redemption is that of Jesus Christ. We are the nationality of the Godhead. See, we're going to have to get clear. So you can't tell me that because I'm going to tell you right now, God's will is that all Christians that are qualified and called be in public office. Because that's how it happened. We saved him with smart. He talked y'all out of it. So if you look at Hebrews, I really like this. Hebrews, and I'll go through several of them. Hebrews 8.2, it talks about, but reading 8.1, now of the things which we have spoken, this is the sum. We have such a high priest. I preach Jesus Christ. I preach the Lord who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. In the heavens, because Hebrews is telling what Jesus is doing in heaven, with his resurrection life in the Bible. And 8-2, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched and not man. That word, minister, there is, believe it or not, is liturgical. It is, and this is the definition of it. This is under mouth, so I'll give you a couple. Who performed a public duty or service to the saints at his own expense in the New Testament, a minister or servant. Paul calls himself a liturgos in Romans 13, 6, 15, 16. Hebrews 1, 7 uses in Hebrews 8, 2, and Philippians 2, 25. Public means political. Now, I'm just, you know, so when people tell me stuff like that, I'm like, you know, but, you know, I'm going to need you to tell me more than your feeling and more than your pastor who wasn't called. Say your definition. A public minister, a servant of the state, a minister, a servant, so of military laborers, of the temple, of one busy with holy things, of a priest, of the So tell me again where we ought not to be. I don't make a statement that I don't track and trace. If I don't track it and trace it, I don't do it. But when I make it, I know what I'm talking about. Now, if you read, and there are several, there's almost like 30 dictionary 
excuse me, commentary on it. Hebrews 8.2, margin, or holy thing, okay? Uh, the Greek may even mean the sanctuary, denoting, denoting who this person is. But this is a, God has a political official, official of holy things. Under Joseph Benson, it says a minister, a public minister, who's entered within the veil, now ministers or executes the remaining part of his office in his human nature, representing the merit of his own sacrifice or representing himself as a high priest over the order of Melchizedek. We've got a lot 